<laughs> Welcome to well, For the Booze. For the what? For the Booze. Oh, like the drinks? Nope. For what? For the booze. <laughs> I don't think so. That'd be weird. For the ghosty, ghosty booze. <laughs> Absolutely. The paranormal, prolific. I don't know. I wanted to be all literate there. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, no. I failed. <laughs> we, just, we just talk about stuff. All right. So this is episode two, and uh, we did do ghost adventures. We probably shit on them quite a bit. Well, you know. You got to <laughs> listen to episode one for that. So well, yeah. I'm definitely going to throw in the echoey thing again, though. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was good. That was good. All right. So what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the TAPS crew. TAPS from Ghost Hunters. Oh, like the Atlantic Paranormal Society? I actually didn't know that was the original <laughs> name and what TAPS stood for until oh, really? we were researching that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I know you have watched them right. from the very, very, very beginning. Episode one, baby. Yep, from way back in the day. Yep. Well, I, you know, it was a big. They were big for me because I'm originally from Massachusetts, and they're out of Warwick, Rhode Island. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I got to close to the area. And there was this girl investigator on there. Her name was Chris Williams. And she's super <laughs> hot. <laughs> Doesn't sound like me at all, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're, so we're going to discuss, we're basically going to do a rundown like we did of the first episode, except this time we're going to talk about taps or ghost hunters. We'll, we'll call them ghost hunters just because that's how everybody will know what their name is. Yeah, and I think we're kind of starting out big. Before we before we even start reading, okay, how, do you think you know a lot about ghost hunters? I do not, actually. Really? I, I learned a lot in doing what little research that we did. Careful there, Scooter. Just kind of, you know scratching the surface on what they're about and how they came together and how uh grant and jason met would you would you say you knew more about like uh jason from what was that what was the other show they did uh ghost nation ghost nation yeah because we watched all those yes i do fail i it was okay it was not as good it wasn't it was fake ghost hunters um yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, because they do a lot of the disproving and the debunking and stuff, which I actually like. Yeah, but they did it in the original ones. It, the only reason I say fake ghost hunters is because it was literally the core guys from Ghost Hunters minus Jason or minus Grant. Yeah. Well, but yeah, he left for quote unquote unknown reasons. Well, I actually did find an article that said he left because he wanted to spend time with his family because his kids were young. Mm hmm. I'm calling bullshit. Well, because, I mean, they started the show and, you know, his kids were super duper young in the very the way, beginning. And they did it for years. Absolutely. And if, if somehow Grant Wilson ever hears the show by the grace of something, I would love to have you on this show. Uh, I'm a big fan. I think you're one of the most influential television ghost hunters, especially for me. And if you somehow catch wind of this, please DM me on Twitter at For the Booze. I would love to have a sit down and talk to you. I'm sure we both would. We're big fans. Absolutely. We love the shows that you're in. Absolutely. I've always liked Grant more than Jason. Oh, yeah. He's such a guy. He's just such a chill guy. Yeah. Super chill, super nice, super opposite of Jason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's why the show worked. It was a balance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So... I know you've got some stuff that you're going to start us off on because you were actually able to find kind of taps before taps. Yeah, it's basically how uh, I was looking at the regular page that we were researching for uh, taps and then I kind of branched off of there, clicking some links going here and there and found a separate little paragraph without going into super duper detail of how Grant and Jason met well let's 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 hear it there and Rapunzel. I, I actually thought that it was because of the show and it's not nope so this says wilson first met taps co-founder jason hawes after offering to redesign the website of the rhode island paranormal society wait rips rips what are they ripping what are they <laughs> farting and it says that Rips, I thought, was going to be another, like, paranormal investigation team that Jason may have had before and was, like, trying it out. It's not. But it's not. 
it says it is a support group Hawes had formed for people who had paranormal experiences. Hi, my name is Steven, and I had a paranormal experience. Hi, Steven. Thank you. I would like to show you on the doll where it touched me. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I've never heard of such a thing, but yes, that's pretty interesting. I'd probably go to one of those meetings just to hear what the stories of the people were. I think it'd be pretty cool. I mean, like if it was like a super terrifying oh, thing, be I mean, you got to talk about, talk to somebody about oh, it. Oh no, it'd be super rad. No, no, I'm not making fun of it. Well, maybe a little bit, but I mean, it'd be super cool just to sit in there and like hear the stories people tell. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That says, says Wilson subsequently admitted that the real reason he wanted to meet Hawes was that he had undergone an intense reoccurring paranormal experience beginning at the age of 15. Hawes and Wilson went on to found TAPS together. According to his own account, Wilson's reoccurring experience involved seeing an unidentified entity in the Rhode Island woods on a regular basis. Oh. Read that last part again. What did he say? It says, a reoccurring experience involved seeing an unidentified entity in the Rhode Island woods on a regular basis. Oh, my God. It's a puckwudgie. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I had never heard of such weirdness. A puckwudgie. <laughs> Fucking puckwudgie. We'll have to like, maybe if we ever like touch on cryptid stuff, we'll have to bring that up. Cause I it's... mean, I'd heard of cryptids before. Don't get me wrong. But like the main ones, you know, like the Mothman or, yeah. you know, like Bigfoot. Yeah, like Bigfoot or what are the creepy ones? What do you mean? <sighs> They're all creepy as well, fuck. Like, uh, I forget what I don't remember what I'm trying to think, think of. So you got Mothman, sexy guy. You got uh, Bigfoot, smelly guy. Mm, smelly. You've got the Pukwudgie. I can't even no, say that. No, it's not even a real I, thing. I, I've I never heard of that before in my life. I mean, you do you think Bigfoot's real? Uh, uh, you know what? Let's save that for another time. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else you could be thinking of. What was Siren Head? <laughs> oh, my God. No. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, that was actually something I didn't know. I, like you, I thought originally they met working, like, the Roto-Rooter or something. Yeah, because that's where, like, in the very beginning of Ghost Hunters, yeah. they worked for Roto-Rooter together. And I thought that, like, they, you know, got jobs there, and then that's how they met. Well, you know, we did just, like, kind of sort of rewatch the first episode. Mm -hmm. And they did touch on it a little bit, how, like, they didn't meet at Roto-Rooter because Grant said that oh, I wasn't paying that much attention. I was eating, but <laughs> it was, it wasn't where he met him. Actually, Jason convinced him to go over to Roto-Rooter for mm -hmm. whatever reason. He was, uh, what did they say? He was a computer programmer or something yeah, like he that. Was he doing, worked on yeah, computer. computers mm -hmm. and he hated it. And he convinced him to go over to Roto-Rooter. And they he left a job forever. where he had 24 hour access to porn. Oh my to God. go Stop to go clean pipes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they you know so taps wasn't original. I mean, it, it's the original hunting aspect of it, but mm -hmm. it wasn't the first paranormal group that they had. No. And if anybody is actually out there that hears this, that maybe attended a Rips meeting, oh, that would be cool. Reach out. We would love to talk that to you. That would be super yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be rad. Because clearly they have a story. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, on top of their paranormal story, shit, I'd love to hear what like a RIPS meeting was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought like when I was reading it before, I, you know, I just read the name and I was like, oh, it's another paranormal group. Yeah. Yep. Nope. <laughs> uh, That's what I automatically assumed. All right. So, the, you know, the main, I'm going to read these off here. The main investigators were Jason Hall, Steve Gonsalves. Uh, Dave Tango, uh, Sherry. Oh, this is the newer That's the one. That's the newer ones, yeah. yeah. this is where this just took me, though. Oh, no, no. These were who's in it now. Because mm -hmm. remember, they rebranded Ghost Hunters to Ghost for Nation. the third time. No, this is from Ghost Hunters. Okay. Okay, so now it's, uh, let me read those again. It's Jason Hawes, you know, founding member. Steven Gonsalves, who is also a founding member. Dave Tango, not necessarily a founding member, but he came in early. He's actually from New Jersey. Uh, his dad, his dad was, I believe, a police, uh, like a police officer, and uh, I don't remember how they met, but he, they brought him in, and he ended up being like a big part of that show. And then you have Sherry De Benetti, De Benetti, I think. Yeah, something like that. 
And she didn't come in, this says, until 2016. But we have so many former people. We have Grant Wilson, which I honestly feel like when Grant left the show, Ghost Hunter should have ended. It was so different after that. It's not the same. It's not. It's not. They have Amy Bruni, which we love because we watch Kindred Spirits. Yes. Okay. Love her. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Britt Griffith, who I believe came back on the the Grant Wilson version of Ghost Hunters. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. I can't remember. Adam Barry, who is the other half of Kindred Spirits. Mm-hmm. Chris Williams. Oh, Chris Williams. Oh, so hot. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was in a few of my nice dreams when I was younger. They got KJ McCormick. Dustin Perry, who Dustin Perry did return in the newer Ghost Hunters. I remember seeing I do, him. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, we got uh, Brian Hornwatt. Now, Brian Hornwatt, was, he's an original cast member. From the very first episode. Very first episode. Yep. He was like their person who reached out to people that would write in and or like seek out their new. Yeah, he was their office bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but he had a big, uh, like, controversial thing happen. I can't go into too much detail about it because I can't remember all the details of it. Mm-hmm. But if you look into it, he scammed a bunch of people. Like people in the show or like uh, their... No, he was selling some kind of tickets for, like, I think it was, like, some kind of meet and greet or a book thing, mm-hmm. and he ripped everybody off. He, it ended up being this big scammy thing. Ugh, uh, so, I mean, bag. if you're out there and you care, look into that because it's a very interesting story. But he's still, I can't remember if this was before or after. I think he might have did it after. But he didn't stay on Ghost Hunters, but for maybe like three years. And then they mm-hmm. moved him to Ghost Hunters International. I almost feel like they upgraded him for being a shitty person. Yeah. I mean, I think he should have just been like gone, gone Absolutely. after doing some bull crap like that. Well, like, what the heck? Yeah, now he's doing like, you can find the occasional like second rate YouTube thing. Like, he went, he definitely went backwards in his career. But we have Donna LaCroix. She was a case manager. We got Samantha Hawes, who definitely didn't come in until much later. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Jason's daughter. Daughter, yeah. Yep. We got Kristen Lumen, which was the red-haired girl. Mm-hmm. We got Daryl Marsden, Mustafa uh, Gatolari, Gatolari, whatever. Brandon Alvis, Brian Murray, Rachel Stratton, Kristen Gartland, Joe Chin, Andy Andrews, Tracy Boisel, Joshua uh, Ovenshire, Barry Fitzgerald, Michael Tate, or Michelle Tate, sorry, uh, Mike Dion, Lisa Dowellibby, Ashley Traub, Carl Johnson, Paula Donovan. I mean, the fucking, That's the so list. So many people. The list goes, and then, and then you have um, celebrity guest investigators. There's a whole list of these mm-hmm. guys. Josh Gates. Meatloaf, Elijah Burke, Colin Ferguson, Ben Hansen, uh, Kofi Kingston, Nina Lee, Nene, Nene Leakes, I don't know how to say that, Kim Zolshak from The Real Housewives. So you tell I watch that. <laughs> uh, Joe Maddalena, uh, Eddie McClintock, Mike the Miz Mizanin, CM Punk, who's a wrestler, Megan Brath, Allison Scogliotti, uh, Amanda Tapping. I mean, there's just so many fucking people. This I mean, they so, were on for a long time. Long time. Yeah. They aired from, I want to get it right, so I'm not just going to guess here. Till 2016, it looks like. Yeah. 04, 04 to 2016. But then there was that weird little spot where only Grant had the Ghost Hunters name. Mm -hmm. He did one season. Apparently, it didn't do good. And I don't want to get too much into this now because I'm going to have some opinions about it later. But then Jason put together his crew from Ghost Nation and somehow acquired the name Ghost Hunters from Grant. I'm not happy about it. I think it's really fucked up and I really want to know what happened. But I'm never going to find out. Yeah. But uh, I mean... This show has been on forever. I mean, the uh, amount of people that have been on this show is astronomical. That right there, just the original 2004 to 2016, that's 12 freaking years. I don't think it hurt either to have, you know, Mike Rowe, the voice guy, doing your show. I love Mike Rowe. (laughs) Everybody loves Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe is an incredible person. (laughs) Uh, I mean, they went everywhere. United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Ireland. I mean, I'm sure if you added in Ghost Hunters International, the list would just be... A mile long. Mm-hmm. 
the show originally aired October 6th of 2004. And I remember watching the very first episode because it was two days after my 24th birthday. And I think that's what caught my attention. I was like, ooh, a ghost hunting show. Mm -hmm. And it's my birthday, right past my birthday. So I was hooked. (laughs) I didn't start watching until much, much later. How long? How long? I was after I met you. Oh, geez. I thought you had been watching this. No. Um, I watched like ghost adventures yeah, most of the time, but um, oh, I don't know. That was really like the only one that I actually watched. And then you were like, oh, ghost hunters. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what's that? Yeah, it's <laughs> the greatest fucking paranormal show ever. <laughs> it, but this show was so big that it's it like gave birth to shows like Ghost Nation, Kindred Spirits. Destination Truth, Ghost Mind, Paranormal Lockdown, Expedition Unknown, and Factor Fake Paranormal Files. So not only was it its own prolific show, but it like birthed a ton of other stuff. Oh yeah, and as we were watching the first episode, getting ready for the show, they said, you know, like at the time where it aired, like there's not a lot of ghost hunting equipment at that time. Yeah, there wasn't hardly shit. And so they're like using other things, trying to make them work to find these things and catch evidence and it's just crazy how much it's evolved since then throw a wet noodle at the wall <laughs> see if it sticks or if it spells out a letter <laughs> shit <laughs> man you gotta try some weird shit we live in this haunted house man we should try some weird shit i, I still want to get ghost hunting like equipment we did what uh We've done a few things. Well, yeah, I mean, but it was mostly like phone app based stuff. Yeah. I'd like to get like a K2 meter and maybe yeah, like cool. uh, a spirit box, like a cheap spirit box or something and do. And then well, we've tried the Necrophonic app, which is similar I'm very, to it, but it's I'm, so hard to listen to. I'm very skeptical of it. Yeah. Because it's an app. I want to believe it, but yeah. I mean, it's a phone app. It's not actually scanning through <laughs> yeah. radio waves like exactly. a. Yeah. I mean, they might try to claim it is, but I don't think it uh, is. No, definitely not. It's just making some weird sounds. Okay. <laughs> All right, so the program featured Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson, who founded the Atlantic Paranormal Society, or TAPS, a team of paranormal investigators to investigate places that are reported to be haunted. The two worked as plumbers for Roto-Rooter while moonlighting as paranormal investigators at night. Now, for A&E's first and second seasons, the revived show feature Wilson and a new investigatory team that had no discernible connections to TAPS for the reboot on Discovery Plus. Hawes and some members of the previous TAPS team returned, while Wilson and the new team were not featured. Now, mm. I don't understand this. You know, Grant Wilson originally said that he had left the show because his kids were little and he wanted to watch them grow up. Right. Well, if that was the case, he already tried to, you know, uh, redo ghost hunter so where is he mm-hmm. i think there was some kind of major falling out and if anybody out there listening knows like please dm dm us i, I yeah. want to know let us know that would be super interesting to know because it's kind of like they say one thing but it seems like another oh, it you definitely know? seems like another so like he goes off to branch off for this other show and you know, the other one's still going and they're like changing it into this new thing. He's nowhere to be seen. And it's like, what happened? Like, was it like a legal thing or Baffling. like, it's weird. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, if there was no bad blood and he left because of his kids, he would have came back and mm-hmm. they would just reform the whole yep. team. Like the ratings would have been a lot better. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So something happened. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> The series, initially produced for 10 episodes as a docu-soap, had had later episodes shift to a more documentary focus. Ghost Hunter episodes feature the team going to reportedly haunted locations across the United States, with some investigations in Ireland and the United Kingdom and Canada in earlier seasons. The later concept led to the show's first spinoff, which was Ghost Hunters International, which we touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do an episode on, on just Ghost Hunters International because they, they had quite a few seasons, too. Yeah, they did. Okay, that, aired, that came out in 2008. I think I might have wow. seen all those, too. Yeah. It was like the midway point for yeah. Ghost Hunters. <clears throat> which often featured ghost hunters investigators in lead and guest roles, including Hawes and Wilson. A second spinoff, Ghost Hunters Academy, from 09 to 010. I don't think I've ever seen any of those. I've seen, though. It was weird. Hmm. 
It was like, do you remember? All right, do you remember when we watched the the Ghost Adventures, like almost a game show? Yes, it was kind of like that, but it wasn't a game show. It was more of like a we're going to teach you how, and then the better ones can have a spot oh, so on it's the like team. A school to learn yep. how to do it, kind of thing. Exactly what. It oh is. my god, that's no thanks. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> all right, they had. Uh, in Ghost Hunters Academy in 2009-2010 had TAPS member Dave Tango and Steve Gonsalves training prospective investigators in a competitive format. Additionally, annual Halloween specials were broadcast live from 2005 to 2011 and featured celebrity guests and interactivity. Now, we talked about this, mm-hmm. and this was actually where they got caught faking it. See, and those like live Halloween ones, those were about the only things that I had seen from Ghost Hunters. I don't remember exactly which year it was or the exact destination, but I remember uh, I remember watching it and they were in like a cave or maybe in a castle or something. Mm -hmm. And there was a part where I believe it was Grant's jacket got pulled and you could see it on camera so mm-hmm. i mean that would have been major yeah the only super problem, like what yeah the yeah. only problem is is when people slowed it down and looked at it you could see that it was rigged to do it the series popularized paranormal reality television and ghost hunting and some members of the show have moved on to feature in their own television programs now this this show was like it was it was a it was a platform. It catapulted a lot of people's careers. Stuff we watch today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean. They were like some of the OGs on doing this, especially for mm-hmm. like TV entertainment. I think the only other people that were doing ghost hunting before Ghost Hunters was a British show called Most Haunted. I'd have to look it up, but I think believe they were first. Mm-hmm. To like actually be on TV or and like a show or something. fucking hard to watch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I want it to be good just because I like the British and I love their voices, their accents, but it's fucking rough. It's super cheesy. Ugh, that's always the worst. <laughs> All right. Grant or Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson, along with other team members who belong to the group they founded, the Atlantic Paranormal Society or TAPS, investigate locations of interest by using various electronic equipment, which they believe is, is capable of detecting paranormal activity. The two originally worked as plumbers for Roto-Rooter as a day job while investigating locations at night. When investigating a location, TAPS team members first visit and survey the property with its owners, who describe their experiences at site. Next, the team sets up electronic equipment in the apparent paranormal hotspots. Now, the TAPS team then spends several hours taking electromagnetic field and temperature readings recording audio for EVPs, and filming with digital video cameras. Many times, they will even try to verbally coax the ghosts into responding while recording. Afterwards, the team spends several days in analyzing all the data for evidence of possible paranormal activity. I think this is kind of where the idea of um, provoking came from, mm-hmm. was ghost hunters. Like, fuck you, ghost. Suck my dick, ghost. You're a bitch, ghost. You know, well, shit I, mean, like that. I don't think I said all that, but <laughs> you know, like, you know, I don't think you're begging bad. Like, come out here, you know, like, and I've okay. So, me as a believer, I always feel like, like if the ghosts are here, right, they are restless or like not, you know, have unfinished business or whatever. Like, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick to the ghosts. Just let them be here. Why not? They already dead. <sighs> come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's always bothered me when like shows like just be really rude. Like I tend to really enjoy the shows that are very respectful, you know, like, Oh, thank you for, you know, showing us that. Or like, you know, we're not here to harm you. And you know, we're just here to talk stuff like that. Well, let's call back to ghost adventures. How do you feel about their provoking oh my skills? God. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Ridiculous. I mean like every once in a while, like it depends on, the place you go and like the feelings that you get while you're there, I guess. What's your favorite piece of investigation tool? Or it came out stupid. Like a tool? <laughs> Which is your favorite investigatory tool? Um, I think now it would be the SLS camera. But like before that, probably like a spirit box. This is why our marriage works so well because we are just polar opposites. The SLS <laughs> camera, I'm just not sold on. 
It's a connect from an Xbox. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, but it's still tracking shit. I guess. But I don't know. It's just weird how shit just blinks in, blinks out. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm yeah. just saying I'm more skeptical of it. Yeah, and I like I do like um, the spirit boxes. The like, spirit boxes are cool. Like running through radio radio waves backwards super fast. Like how are you going to make any words now? Mm-hmm. There are some things that we watch that you can hear like bits and pieces of music. Like, And I feel like, hey, you're not doing that right. Well, and they claim that it's paranormal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you hear like a bit of a song. Like it's supposed to be done backwards, you dummy. I don't think Gloria Estefan is paranormal. No, <laughs> definitely not. I think my favorite tool, I'm old school. I like the audio recorders. Yeah. The EVPs yep. to me are always good. What is it? Uh, Exploring with Josh. I don't remember Mm -hmm. the model number of it, but he has that specific recorder. Yep, that one single recorder that everybody Mm -hmm. seeks out to have. They're like five grand. Mm -hmm. They're ridiculous. But it's special because it only records when it hears something. Right. So, like, I could be asking a question, and then I end my question to wait for a response, and it doesn't record unless something mm. is said or a noise is made and it feels like it just seems like it's all it always gets something mm-hmm. so i mean i think that's why shows like this work you know they appeal to a lot of people you get a little bit of everything yeah but then you know that that's what i like more about the youtube stuff is that i, I don't know i feel like they're doing a lot of the stuff that the shows stop doing like what well like go ghost adventures right mm-hmm. they they it seems like they only use like two things anymore and yeah. everything they come in contact with is a spirit oh my god everything where, where a lot of people started seeing through that and not liking it so when you go to some of the youtube channels mm-hmm. some yes because we will be discussing <laughs> a handful yeah, of <laughs> well we will be discussing some of the more ridiculous ones yes but it seems like that they're trying to incorporate uh more items that are available and they're not jumping to the conclusions. Now I said mm-hmm. some because there are other channels out there like, Oh my gosh, Ugh. you know, whatever. I'm sure he's a nice guy. You know, he's just trying to, he's just trying to make his mark in the world, but and make that money. Yeah. And I don't want to just single him out because he's not the only one and he's definitely not the worst one, No, you know, but you, if you want people to believe that there's paranormal in the world, Stop trying to act like everything you come in. Because the door closed does not make it paranormal. Did right. you fucking close it? Did you accidentally touch it? Did the wind window blow? open? Exactly. Like anything. Not everything. Is a cat running behind you? Yeah. Like <laughs> Not everything's paranormal. And that shit right. drives me nuts. But that was um, like Ghost Hunters in the beginning. They were truly more about debunking than anything else. See, and that's my favorite. Like, like you said, not everything is a ghost. Mm-hmm. So when you actually like... Go back, retrace your steps, look around, touch things, make sure the sound that's coming off of that is or isn't what you heard. I I thoroughly enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I do too. So, so it's not like, again, like everything's a ghost. Yeah, and like, this, and, and this is how Ghost Hunter started out. Is mm-hmm. that they weren't? I remember. I don't. There was an episode where they talk about it. They're going in to debunk it more than they're going in to find pre- yeah. uh, paranormal activity. Yep. You know, they want to find an ulterior motive for what is happening Mm -hmm. other than just it's a fucking ghost. Yeah. And I think that's that was something that resonated with me was like, oh, well, they're not just trying to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. They're trying to find the reason. Yeah. I mean, it's of course, it's a television show. So they did dramatize a lot of stuff. Like, I'm sure. But like, hey, like, oh, my gosh, what just hit that metal door? Oh, maybe one of the bowls or something off the table, you know, kind of rolled off and hit it. Are they smoking bowls? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> a, f- a few days after reviewing the information, Hawes and Wilson would discuss their findings with the location site owners, offer suggestions for dealing with any apparent activity, and answer any questions that the owners may have. This was always like my favorite part of the show, where even though you got to see it in like, quote unquote real time that mm-hmm. you'd always get like the sit down at the end and yeah. then go over the information and kind of show them and it's not just like hey mm-hmm. this is what we captured for us yeah and it's like it involves the people who are they're actually because originally it was going to people's houses mm-hmm. and people who are having issues and problems and being scared and they were 
going out to help them and it wasn't just for like their show the big thing that i also liked is that at the end of every episode there wasn't always there wasn't always uh evidence yeah yeah a lot of the times if you go back and watch the original like uh, series Mm -hmm. there is a lot of episodes where they're like there's nothing here yeah you know they didn't cut it out and try to dramatize it uh, in a way of like making shit up, they mm-hmm. would just tell them straight up, like, "Hey, you know, there's, it's a creaky floor." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or hey, your pipes are banging when yeah. your water runs through it, or your hinge you... needs some WD forty. <laughs> Make sure you spray that. <laughs> so it wasn't always just like boom, para- it's paranormal right. activity. The Taps members state that they do not believe that every phenomenon captured is evidence of paranormal and sometimes provide reasonable explanations such as cold spots which may be a drafty uh, like a draft in a window uh, strange noises that may be thumping branch or vermin in the walls uh, moving objects which may have been accidentally bumped or tugged or phantom lights which can be reflections from the lights of passing vehicles which i remember that i mm-hmm. mean a lot yeah since the series began airing, TAPS has recorded thousands of hours of audio and video data. Most investigations, according to TAPS, turn up cold with very little, if any, paranormal activity occurring. However, the ghost hunters claim to have several decent recordings of moving objects, mysterious lights, strange mists, and shadowy figures that manifest before the camera and are highlighted at the end of the show. And this goes back into what I was saying is mm-hmm. that it wasn't always paranormal. It wasn't always something. A lot of the time it was like, like that said is uh, uh, many times it was a light, a light from a car passing, mm-hmm. which we see that in a lot of stuff now. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, you, like you got to consider your, your outside surroundings mm-hmm. and you know, like, like I like the one that said that it could be a scratching branch. So is there a tree that's big as shit and it's growing on top of your roof oh, and the wind man. blew and it's like, <laughs> crush your roof? Probably. I mean, it sounds like you need a tree guy. Yeah. Like how many, how many people have that problem? Like a lot. Not me. We don't have any trees. No. We've got like two. I sleep peaceful at night except for the <laughs> shadow figure that runs down my hallway. <laughs> or the one that lives in my closet. Oh, stop it. This is the portal to hell. <gasps> I know. My closet is creepy. I'm never going to fucking sleep. <laughs> I think eventually maybe we'll do like a Halloween episode where we talk about the house. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. If I can get through it because I have to sleep here after we record it. Well, I mean, we are moving. So maybe after that. Last night in the house. Yeah. Oh, what if we open up like a portal? (laughs) Let's not do that. (laughs) Portals to hell. We can have uh, Jack and... uh, Katrina. Katrina, come on by. <laughs> Look at our portal to hell. Just no Ouija boards. No, I, we're moving. Uh, nope. We're moving. Nope. They're they just going to jump on you and come with you. Out. I don't think so. They're not coming with us. We ain't using them. <laughs> nope. Sci-fi initial, initially categorized the program as a docu-soap. In addition to the investigative aspect, the show had also presented personal conflicts and relationships among members of the TAPS team. Portions of some episodes portray Hawes and Wilson involved with their plumbing job or personal lives, but this varies by episode and is not always included. As the series progressed, however, the -the behind-the-scenes and docu-soap aspects were reduced. And by the fifth season, the show focused primarily on the investigations with virtually none of the docu-soap material that characterized earlier episodes. And that's true. Eventually, you hit a point in the show where there's no more of like the we're in our rotor rooter truck. Yeah. Oh, well, because they, I mean, they grow and they get bigger and they gain popularity and I want to start making money off. I want to make so many jokes about these dudes cleaning out each other's pipes. <sighs> no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> oh. Here, tell us, tell us about the equipment because uh, I know that they did use a lot of equipment. So, what, what were they using? So, during investigation, the TAPS Ghost Hunters team used various equipment, including digital thermometers, EMF meters, thermographic and night vision cameras, handheld and static digital video cameras, digital audio recorders, and laptop computers. The team has also experimented in the la- in at least one episode with a Geiger counter during oh, their investigation yeah. to see if it would register any anomalous readings 
Starting around the third season, the team had used the K2 meter, a type of EMF meter that uses a series of LEDs to measure the strength of an energy field instead of a numerical LCD screen. During the Manson murder investigation in particular, the team used a K2 meter in an attempt to get yes and no responses to verbal questions posed to a supposed entity in a room. That seems like something that is they kind of like um, pioneered was the using the K2 meter to do the yes, no response. And I want to go back to one other thing you read. Of course they used a fucking laptop computer. What else were yeah, they going to use? I know. A PC? That was kind of weird to throw that in there. Fucking desktop. Let, let, me, grab my, let me grab my gateway. <laughs> Strap it to your back. <laughs> Fuck, man. Have like the, the keyboard strapped on your belt in the front. Like what? <laughs> what are they talking about? It was so weird. Fuck you, Wikipedia. <laughs> so weird. Let us say in the fifth season, Edith Wharton's estate case, the team introduced two new pieces of equipment. One is a custom-made geophone, which detects vibrations and flashes a series of LEDs that measure the intensity of the vibration. The second is a new EMF detector that makes a buzzing sound when in the pr- presence of an electromagnetic field, which I'm assuming would be like a REM pod. That's what I was thinking. Yep. And the stronger field, and the stronger the field, the louder it buzzes. Yeah. In the episode, geophones were recorded on video flashing to the vibrations of what sounded like footsteps across the floor, even oh. though no one was supposedly in the room. So it's like the lights that go on the floor. No, I remember. No, no, I know what it is. I remember what they're talking about. And what it is, is it was used to be this device. I haven't fucking thought about this in a long time. It was like a device that you would sit down. And if anything walked near it, mm-hmm. it would set it off. So you'd, you'd set this thing way, way out where there's nothing. Right. And then it would pick up the vibrations of people walking. And then it would work kind of like a REM pod. It would like blink and make noises. Is that the one that they use a lot of the time that has also like the temperature change and all that all no, in that's, one? No, that's something different. I don't know. Um, no, that, that's something different. Okay. I haven't seen anybody else use one of these in a really long time. Okay. That's interesting though. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no. Other gear not typically shown on screen are an ion generator, a device that charges the air with electricity and is theorized to help spirits manifest, and the white noise generator, an audio device that makes a static background noise and is theorized to act as a catalyst for assisting entities in making EVPs. These are all things that I remember. But I don't think we've seen too many of them. I, the, so I, basically, like feeding a room with energy. Yeah. So, we, so the entities can kind of yeah. commute. What am I trying to say? They communicate. It gives yeah. it gives them power, basically. Yeah. To kind of accumulate have the that power. energy. <laughs> yeah. No, the iron generator we've actually seen. Is that the the like electrode thing? Yes. The, well, the, the big ball thing that they set up, and it's like. Yes. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Okay. These are just different versions of it. We've also, I want to say we've also seen a white noise generator in, in a video. Um, a lot of the stuff that they use, though, nobody really uses anymore. No, because it's all, I don't know why they don't use it anymore. They I know, but it seems like it would be like a legit thing to use. Yeah. And for legit know. reasons. I'm trying to like think of like things to say on why they don't, but honestly, I can't. Yeah. I mean, fuck. That's weird. Nobody knows for sure how this shit works or anything. Right. So I, I don't know why they'd stop using any of it, honestly. I think if anything, you think you'd build more on that kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, use it all. trickling back. Use it all. Don't stop using it. All right. Ghost Hunters has garnered some of the highest ratings of any sci-fi reality programming from Ooh. the start. The show has found an audience for its mix of paranormal investigation and interpersonal drama with always fucking drama. Always. It has since been syndicated on NBC Universal's sister cable channel Oxygen and also airs on the Canadian cable network OLN. I didn't know they were showing this on Oxygen. I actually did not either. I That's mean, a very weird channel to have it on. They but throw, okay. They throw in that between like the like the shit your grandmother watches or something. <laughs> That's weird. In the early shows, Taps uh, was headquartered in a trailer located behind Jason Hawes' house. Yep. 
and they drove one white van to investigations within one season. They had moved the entire operation to a storefront in Warwick, Rhode Island, and acquired several new TAPS vehicles. So they must have got a fucking deal. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, people like this. Here's oh, yeah. some money. Make it better. I think because it was just something so new. Yeah. Like, it just took off real fast. And I'm so happy they took out the docu-soap bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I guess at the time it didn't bother me, but, like, watching back original episodes now, it's, it's kind of like, it's corny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they were trying to make it like a TV show. And, like, I get it because it was newer it was of a thing had, to be on TV. Yeah, it was something that hadn't been done yet. Right. So they're kind of trying to figure out what fit best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In addition to their successful television venture, TAPS operates a website where they share their stories, photographs, and ghost hunting videos with an ever-growing membership list. Because of the popularity of the show, TAPS cast members have signed contracts with at least two talent agencies, Escape Artistry and GP Entertainment, to manage their appearances at lectures, uh, conferences, and public events. So these people are balling at this point. (laughs) Got a lot going on. TAPS also ventured into the venue of radio broadcast with a three-hour weekly show called Beyond Reality. Initially hosted by Haas and Wilson, the radio show covers topics in a vast array of areas such as cryptozoology, spiritualism, ufology, and ghosts. The show includes guest appearances from other TAPS members and special guests such as John Zaffis, uh, Rosemary Ellen Gilly, Chris Fleming, and others who specialize in certain fields. Noted paranormal author Jeff Bellinger and spooky South Coast radio host and author Tim Weisberg served as fill-in hosts. The show also once uh, simulcast, uh, simulcasted, Oh, I don't know why I can't read that word. On Spooky South Coast, airing from the Mount Washington Hotel in New Hampshire, new episodes are broadcast every Saturday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, though sometimes may skip a week due to the possibility of the host being busy with other ventures. I'm Maybe investigations? I don't know. I would assume so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, these guys were doing everything. They had their hand in everything. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, which is why they built what they built. Mm. I mean, it got weird for a sec and still kind of is now, you know, after like Grant left and all that. But, I mean, they built this empire, empire basically, on ghosts and paranormal ghost hunting and just so many things that were new to the time, which I applaud them for. I mean, look, Ed and Lorraine... uh, they they got shit on a lot. Well, yeah, but they deserved it. But my point is, is that we'll talk about that. But I'm at some saying point. like during during the time that they were doing it, people were like, no, that's just not real. Yeah, they're fakers, though. Yeah, they are. We'll we'll discuss them. We will make them a topic at some point. OK, but what I'm saying is, is like they I don't want I don't even want to say popularize it. They kind of like made it aware to people that hey paranormal is cool Mm -hmm. the world did not respond to them well until ghost hunters came about was when they really popularized it in in the pop culture scene right you know without ghost hunters i don't think ghost adventures would have been such a big thing or the ten thousand youtube channels Mm -hmm. or the five thousand television shows you know they that's what made Ghost Hunter so special was is that they really brought it to the forefront of pop culture and made it. I mean, you can't. There is so much paranormal stuff mm-hmm. around that it is crazy. Yeah, and they kind of pioneered the way. Yeah, they did. They made it a thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Ghost Hunters helped popularize paranormal television and ghost hunting during its original run. For much of its initial airing on sci-fi, it was the top-rated paranormal reality TV show on television. Oh, yeah. John Blake of CNN opened in 2013, The Ghost Hunters is the paranormal field what Sugar Hill's rapper's delight is to hip-hop. 
it basically it yeah. started a movement. Oh yeah, Hawes and Wilson of the Ghost of uh, Ghost Hunt, almost called them Ghost Adventures of Ghost Hunters. <laughs> I almost did that earlier. <laughs> were, were parodied in 2009 episode of South Park entitled "Dead Celebrities." They have made talk show appearances on the December 8, 2005 episode of The Late Night with Conan O'Brien, the October 31, 2006 episode of The Ellen DeGeneres Show, a 2008 episode of The View, and the October 28, 2010 episode of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. So, I mean, look, they were famous. Yeah. Like, they were literally famous. I, that was a lot. I actually didn't know that they were on so many different things. I didn't like either. TV shows, <laughs> guest guest appearances, and all that. I did. I had no idea. I oh. had I had no idea either. And I was watching these guys on TV as it was happening, and mm-hmm. I had no idea that they were on late night shows. And yeah, or I guess the View is a daytime show, but still, that's crazy. Now, along with every great paranormal, there is criticism, and I'm gonna read this. This portion, and there is a lot of criticism to come with this. Of course, there is. It's well, they faked some stuff. When you fake, which I get. Look, you could prove a hundred things, but yeah. if you're caught faking one, everybody will question the hundred other things. Oh, absolutely. So they did themselves a big disservice, mm-hmm. and so, especially on like a live thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, come on. Well, it wasn't even just that. There were other things. Ghost Hunters has attracted various critics and skeptics, such as Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, Skeptical Inquiry author Lynn Kelly, James Randi, and Benjamin Radford. The Skeptical Analysis of the Paranormal Society, SAPS instead of TAPS, was, was founded with the intent to recreate and debunk segments of the show. In 2000, June 2018, Ghost Hunters was awarded the Truly Terrible Television, or the TTTV Award, by Independent <laughs> Investigations Group. <laughs> uh, award by Independent Investigators Investigations Group for peddling pseudoscience and superstition to its audience. During the seven-hour-long live Halloween show on October 31st, Here 2008... <laughs> At least two events took place that critics have scrutinized. One occurs when lead investigator Grant Wilson has his jacket collar pulled by an unseen force three times. All the while, one of his hands remained at his side, which led detractors to claim that he was pulling a hidden string. Now, this happens again at one point where uh, Hawes touches Wilson's back and his collar moves down again. Another occurs when a supposed disembodied voice tells the hunters, you're not supposed to be here. (laughs) Critics have claimed that the voice sounded like it was piped from an external audio source. In regard to the scrutiny, Wilson and Hawes defended themselves, stating that everything in the show was real. In a 2013 interview on The Reveal, Wilson stated that their television contracts forbade them from faking evidence on the show. Wow. Now, look, I watched this as it was live mm-hmm. in 2008. It's fake. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can find, you can probably find the episode somewhere. You watch it, it's fake. Yeah. You can tell. There's no denying it. I, mean, I don't he, think I've ever seen that live, but. It's fake. Wow. You can literally see it happening, like exactly what they're talking about. He's pulling something. Or you can just see it. Mm-hmm. You, there's I, there's probably a thousand videos on YouTube that debunk this. And every one of them are right. Yeah. You know, so like I said, you prove a hundred things, that's great. You fake one thing, now you got a hundred and one things that are probably fake. Yeah. According to investigator Benjamin Radford, most ghost hunting groups, including TAPS, make many methodological mistakes. After watching episodes of Ghost Hunters and other similar programs, it quickly becomes clear to anyone with a background in science that the methods used are both illogical and unscientific. Anyone can be a ghost investigator. Failing to consider alternative explanations for anomalous phenomena, considering emotions and feelings as evidence of ghostly encounters. Improper and unscientific investigation methods. For example, 
using unproven tools and equipment, sampling errors, ineffectively using recording devices, and focusing on the history of the location and not the phenomena. In an article for Skeptical Inquirer, Radford concludes that ghost hunters should care uh, should care about doing a truly scientific investigation. Quote, I believe that if ghosts exist, they are important and deserve to be taken seriously. Most of the efforts to investigate ghosts so far have been badly flawed and unscientific, and not surprisingly, fruitless. In a New York Times article about ghost hunters and taps, Radford contended that, quote, the group and others like it lack scientific rigor and mislead people into thinking that their homes are haunted, unquote. That's fucking, that's some bold shit right there. Okay, but how, how do you go about proving scientifically that ghosts exist? That's my question. You can't. Because there's no proven way to do it. Okay, so why lean so heavily on just that part of it? Because he said it like three different times in that little snippet that you read. Scientific. Scientific. I, I think they like, want. I think they want him to do like I don't know soil sampling. I don't know. Like what? There's you know that's what makes it paranormal investigation. Is this shit I mean, I we g- don't understand. I get like facts on paper like soil samples give you like all this you know all these answers but in the paranormal world how there's no way to get those solid solid things i agree there just isn't and people hang on that like scientific part of it which i get for skeptics I do. Like, I, ex- I do see both sides. There's the explain away culture, too. Like, people will yeah. just come up with anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, this happened. And that's, you know, it's not <sighs> anything else but that. Yeah. <laughs> the show's editing has also been in question, such as activity that is not captured on tape and findings that are unsupported by evidence in the show specifically. Tools are used in ways that are not proven effective or in ways in which they have been proven ineffective such as infrared thermometers that are claimed to detect cold spots in the middle of rooms when such tools are able to only are only able to measure the surface temperatures of objects. I don't know about that. I mean, I know that's what it does, but you've I I don't know. I've seen stuff from them that I I want to say is real. And I, and it's not Every single episode, something like that comes along on their, like, thermal camera. It's always something. <laughs> like, it's not. It's just, I mean, a handful, really. It is. And, he, and, I mean, wouldn't detecting surface temperatures be good enough? Because if it can detect me in the surface of my warm skin, mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be able to detect something else in the surface of its colder, like, outer right. parts? Right. And, like, if... You know, it's detecting surfaces, but you're shooting into an empty room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, there is no surface. Exactly. So or how would you explain what the fuck is standing it, in the middle of a room? Or if something touches something. Right. Right? It's the surface temperature changing. Mm-hmm. It's going to come across. Yep. Uh, techniques with thermal imaging cameras, Geiger counters, electronic voice phenomena, and, EF, uh, and EMF detectors are used with little or no explanation as to how the techniques have proven to provide evidence of ghosts or other entities. There are concerns that the devices are misused, such as the such as the noting of Benjamin Radford's article for Skeptical Require. Quote, you may own the world's most sophisticated thermometer, but if you are using it as a, if you're using it as a barometer, your measurements are worthless. Just as using a calculator doesn't make you a mathematician, using a scientific instrument doesn't make you a scientist. I understand what he's saying, but again, it's paranormal, which means it's it's not normal. It's not normal, <laughs> and we don't exactly. know how to gauge any of this. We're just they're just doing their best. Right. And they're trying because they have had something happen to them. Absolutely. And, you know, as a person who has had a few things happen to them that really like, I mean, I was little the first time it happened, but I always thought like, what could that be? You know, I mean, like I was eight. I didn't really get it. I just put it in the back of my mind and whatever. And then I got older and it's like, hmm, 
You know, it, it kind I mean, of grows both, your curiosity. We've and, both had experiences. I think that's why we both believe, you know. Yeah. Um, I just tend to be more skeptical. Honestly, I just, I'm more, I'm way more skeptical when it comes to the mediums. Uh, yeah. You've never yeah, been on know. board with that. It always, but we've come to my favorite part of the show. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Do you know what that is? I think I do. Is it real? Is it real? <laughs> <laughs> I love doing that. But anyways, I mean, I know you haven't been watching it as long as me, but you, you know a pretty good amount about Ghost Hunters, honestly. I do. What do you think? I do believe that the fair amount, majority of the show is real. Only solely based on how much they try to disprove everything that happens. Okay. And I feel I feel like that's a strong basis to go on to proving things because you're actually trying to prove it to be another way. That's fair. So, I believe it is real. Do you want to know and what I you, think? you. What about you? I think it's real. However, oh I God. only think it's real up until sometime around 2008. The yeah. I would agree. I, Times change. I believe in the beginning, much like most of these groups, mm-hmm. they do believe and they do. They are being genuine in what they're doing. But I think there comes a point, uh, and this is another crossover thing where I think YouTube is better because there's no deals involved. Right. There comes a point where the network needs you to find something. And to make those ratings exactly. bigger. and. Yeah, because the ratings will show you that people don't want to see the episodes where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. People, it fake or not, they want to see what happened. They want to see something happen. Right. So I do believe that in the beginning, I mean, I'm pretty sure I think I said this about Ghost Adventures too. But mm-hmm. I, in the beginning, I believe that they were in they were in it to win it. Like they were they were doing what they you know they believed in it. Right. But once the network came a call and boys. We need them ratings. I believe it fell off. Now, I'm sure that there were periods even after that where maybe they were being legit. And I think maybe like Ghost Hunters, the the newer one, not the one that just came out, Mm -hmm. but the in-between one with Grant, I believe that was legit Mm -hmm. because they weren't always finding shit. Right. You know, it felt like the original days. Right. Where it was like, okay, we've been here all friggin' Mm -hmm. night and nothing nothing happened. happened. And even Ghost Nation... With Jason and Steve and Dave, that felt real. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I'm to mark my words, if Ghost Hunters stays on TV yet again, and the newness of Ghost Hunters wears off, and the network will want them to find stuff. Yeah, and we're gonna be right back into square one. This is where YouTube outshines. Now, I said it earlier. YouTube is full of some of the most ridiculous ghost hunter shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But it's also full of some of the best ones I've seen. Oh, yeah. We've you got a, a few of our absolute favorites. Oh, and, and we will get to those eventually. Definitely. <laughs> because some of them are great. And you'll be so shocked and amazed to hear that all my answers aren't going to be the same at the end. Mm-hmm. Because there are some of them out there that I truly do believe are doing it. Um, But, yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a good long haul of ghost hunters i mean they the show went on for so long that we we couldn't possibly sit here and break it down episode oh by God. episode or even season by season i don't want to do like an eight-part series on that's it that's too much yeah it's a lot because you know, there's a lot of show there yeah i mean and there's so much there's so many paranormal shows out there we we could probably do this show for the next 20 years oh and still God, never catch up but what do you think uh i think we're about done with this one i do know? too and i i really i really do enjoy the Ghost Hunters show. Absolutely. Oh, it's a great show. It's such a good show. Look, without Ghost Hunters, I would have never gotten into the paranormal like I do, like mm-hmm. I am. So I owe it to them. And again, Grant, if you're out there, <laughs> please hit me up. Please, Grant, hit my husband please, up. Please. <laughs> please let me interview you, man. You made such an impact on younger me. You you helped kind of usher me into really believing in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I think you're a stand-up guy. And I don't know what really transpired between you and Jason, but you got fucking shafted, and I'm sorry. Agreed. What do you think we do next? I have a few ideas. 
I think I have a few ideas as well. Tell me what you got. I think we should break off from here and go. And do what? Don't get me too excited. Oh, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are married. I I don't know. I don't know if we should go off of like people who are on this show and the shows that they have done and kind of trickle down that way and then make it over to YouTube. I agree, but I think before we do that, I think we should do our first location episode. Ooh. And I think we should do it on the very famous Waverly Waverly Hills. Hills. Yes. Sounds like a plan. All right, so episode three, I guess we're going to be doing Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I'm going to break it up, do a place all on its own. Fucking scary place that is. Ugh. And what's crazy is, too, I've always thought, like, you go to a place and it's super duper haunted, right? Mm. And all these people go every single night, make it all crazy. <laughs> and, but then some people go and, like, ghosts are tired. They don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. So, like, you know, it always just It could depends. be a personality thing, too. What if they just don't like you? Maybe you're just a douche. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Yeah, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> if you act like an asshole, they're going to treat you like an asshole. <laughs> all right, well. This was fun. I enjoyed this one very yeah, much. Too. And I love Ghost Hunter, so it was easy to talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And we will see you in the next one. For sure. Bye. Bye.